0: Welcome to Our Tribe, the podcast that sits down with Jewish professionals and entrepreneurs to hear their stories, share their advice, and bear their Jewish souls. Now here's your host, Rabbi Tuvia Kopstein. Welcome back to Our Tribe, the podcast. I am Tuvia Kopstein, and I'm your host. In this episode with Haya Fishman, This episode is going to be our first ever audio-only episode by special request, and we're going to discuss the reason for that in the middle of the episode. Chaya is a visionary. She is the founder and CEO of Brand Right Design, which is a branding company which helps new businesses create their look and their brand and their website and everything they need in order to attract the clients that they're looking for and serve those who they serve. And Chai tells you how she does it. She built up a huge staff. She has an inspiring story to share. She has great perspective and her priorities straight. And she has a lot to share. Let's hear it. But before we hear it, I have to mention that Our Tribe, the podcast, is powered by Podcast Fellowship. Podcast Fellowship, if you don't know what it is, podcastfellowship.org an international nonprofit that's helping Jewish young adults who may or may not have a Jewish education, help connect as adults as a mat- on a mature level to their Jewish heritage by learning with mentors, listening to Jewish podcasts, discussing them with mentors, and earning a stipend each time, podcastfellowship.org, podcastfellowship.org. And without further ado, our tribe, the podcast with Chaya Fishman. Okay, we are here with Chaya Fishman. How are you, Chaya?
1: I'm um, good, thank you.
0: Okay, great. Okay, so Chaya, you've uh, you've you, I understand, are you're doing a branding agency, and I'm sure you, you can you tell us in your own words what it is that you do professionally.
1: Yeah, sure. So I own a company called Brand Right Marketing Group, where we specialize in web design and br- um, branding and other design services for um, really businesses, big and small. Um, we do a lot of work in real estate and healthcare, um, specifically in um, service-based businesses as well. Um, a typical client that would come to us would generally be a customer who's like opening up a business and they need everything from A to Z. But if someone calls us and they need us to design a business card, we'll do that as well.
0: Okay, very good. Okay, so now tell, let's, let's hear how you got there. Can you tell us your story? Uh, let's Take it slow. Let's hear, let's hear the whole story.
1: Sure. So <laughs> I started out actually when I when I was trying to decide what I would do like as my career. um, I really was very interested in cre- like a creative field and I was very um, excited to learn computer graphics. So I ended up going to a course to um, for computers um to learn the graphic design software. But my parents felt strongly that I should get a degree of some sort at that time, because it's really good to get a degree, you know, before you move on with your life, sometimes after you have a whole bunch of kids and have a change of heart, that's not the best time to start earning your BA. Um, So I ended up going to get a bachelor's degree, um, where I also learned how to do graphic design, you know, kind of in schooling, Mm -hmm. Um, I got a liberal arts degree, I would say that I don't really use the degree, I'm mostly self taught, at the same time, it's good to always know that I have it, and I'm appreciative to my parents for sending me to school, um, so that you know if I ever would want to change career paths, I could. At this point, that would never happen to me. Um, but I started off um, in 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 college, and then I went to. Get can my I, first
0: can job. I can I sorry interrupt? Can I back you up even before that? Wh- which community did you, which
1: community did you grow up in? Sure. So I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. got it. And um, <laughs> okay. I went to Regaloviciaco School there, and then I went on to Malo, and I got my degree, I believe, through Thomas Edison University. Okay. okay got it. Um, and okay. when you
0: were getting your degree, you were still in, you were still in high school. This was at post high school.
1: So I did start to get credits during high school. So mm-hmm. I got credits starting, I believe, eleventh or twelfth grade, mm-hmm. um, and then I, you know, did through the summers, and I managed to be finished with my bachelor's for sure by the time I was nineteen. So. Okay. I was done with that. Then mm-hmm. I got my first job as a school secretary where I was in charge of calling down kids for forgotten lunches and also did, like, the desktop publishing, um, which I really enjoyed. And honestly, like, I felt like I was good at it. I then went on to become. I about, I, I'm not
0: familiar with des- desktop publishing. Can you? It
1: means, like, basically, like, making flyers for the teachers okay. and, like, yeah. making the attendance sheets. So it's not, like, heavy graphic work, but it's, like, making things look presentable on the computer.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: then I went on to work in a comp. I got married um um, right when I turned 20 and I went ahead and got a job in Brooklyn where we moved to um, like design logos to be put on promotional items um it was a pretty intense job for me it was like I think it was like nine to six or something like that and as you know a young married lady who had to then come home and make supper and everything so that was it was a lot but I worked very hard Um, at that time, like, you know, I was making ends meet that way and it was, I I felt fortunate. Um, I, I was picking up a lot of side clients, um, at that time as well. I would like do a lot of freelance work for people and I was able to charge much higher rates than I was getting. Let's say I was getting, I don't know, back then if you made $21 an hour, it was like, you know, really good pay. Um, let's say I was making $21 an hour at my job. And then in the evenings I was able to charge $40 an hour for my freelance clients. So I was really able to like, you know, bring in some nice cash. I was working a lot. Like I really um, was very committed to working very hard. And um, I I started building up clients. I I ended up getting very busy, um, very busy with side clients that it got to a point where I was ready to work a little bit less hours and work, meaning for an employer, and work more hours for myself. So I kind of cut back and I was working maybe till three. And then I came home and I would do my, Mm-hmm. My own freelance work, then thank God I had kids. Um, so how did you get
0: how did you get started with the freelance How did people find out about you so,
1: so that's a really good question. I think that like one person really told the next person, and like my mm-hmm. motto, like my way of thinking, was every customer who, every customer with the tiniest project is going to be thrilled like I'm going to give the best customer service, I'm going to take the best care of them, and then people started telling other people and started telling other people it was totally word of mouth. Like, I never went and told people that I did this. It just was something that kind of grew and grew. I was at my next job, and then I was ready to have my second child. And I was so slammed with freelance work that I'm like, if I don't make this jump now and start just working for myself, I, I, I'm i not going to be able to manage. Like, I couldn't start turning away projects that were coming in. So I ended up leaving my job and working solely for myself. Um, that year, I think I made like, I don't remember exactly, but I think... The second year after I became a freelancer, I made like $30,000 in the year. And that was with work extremely, extremely hard. Like I was working nights and everything and I was working afternoons and weekends. And so I really had to figure out like, how can I, I had to figure out over the years, how can I make real money? Because, you know, $30,000, you know, for the first year or two, you know, okay. But after that, you kind of have to, you know, eat. Um, Just for,
0: for context, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining, but you didn't, you didn't say your husband at this time was in full great term. Right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> my
1: husband, um, we decided with them when we were getting, when we got engaged that he would sit and, um, learn Torah all day. Mm-hmm. So that was like, it was like an honor to me to be able to, you know, to make the money for the family at that point. And when the time would come, he, we knew he would go to school or he would get some sort of job and, you know, kick in and do. His part as well, but it was like my pride that I was able to work hard and make money so that he can continue learning Torah every day. Mm. So that was that was definitely. Uh, I'm happy you asked to clarify that point. I like talk about it as if it was a given, but yeah, no one said it's a given. Um. So th- so that's that. Um. What was they up to? What do you want to ask me next?
0: You were you had your second child, you were, but you were only making thirty thousand dollars a year, so you needed a way to make more. Yeah. Your, hus- your husband was still full time learning. Yeah. Okay. So
1: then, um, and if at any point, you know, I wasn't able to do it, my husband would have, you know, left learning and, mm-hmm. um, you know, full, full day and would have been able to help support the family. Like we, we were never lacking, you know, we lived frugally. We lived in a small apartment and it was working really well. Um, but for working that hard, I should have been making much more. So I, I, I spoke with a lot of people. Specifically, my brother in law was very helpful to me. Um, he kind of acted as a listening ear to help me understand the world of business because you have to realize i was a designer i'm not a businesswoman. i Mm -hmm. i I was good at graphics and and that's all i was good at to the point where sometimes i would like design stuff and then i would like forget about billing it because but that's not how it works you have to work in order to make money that's why you're working so it's just important to stay extremely focused um my brother-in-law helped me a tremendous amount in guiding me how to maybe change up my pricing structure um and he kept telling me, you have to hire someone, you have to hire someone. I'm like, there's no way. Like I had a month, I think it was the month of December. I made like $40 the whole month. It was just a bad month. Yeah. It was just a bad month. People didn't need stuff. I think I got sick one week or one of the kids got sick. And it was just like, it was okay because I had rollover money from other months. But like this for real happens. And this is like the life of a freelancer. Um
0: Did your brother-in-law have freelancer experience and that's how he was able to advise you?
1: So, so my brother-in-law, first of all, he married my twin. So I think that he had a tremendous amount of um, concern and care that, you know, we should figure out how to be successful. Um, And he's run um, multiple successful businesses in the past. Um, He has an MBA. So I, I've always respected his opinion on, on, on different matters. Okay. Obviously my parents as well, but he he really I would I would sit and you know talk to him for hours about this, you know, how do I do it? Um later on in my years I realized that um being an entrepreneur is is a whole saga in itself. And most people are not successful because they don't do it the right way. And I think that like I don't really read a lot of books, that's the honest truth right now at this point. I have six kids, I don't have a lot of time for that. Um but the book e really changed my entire perspective on um, owning a business. Like, and it really discusses why people fail. So I'm just shout out, you know, for the readers, uh, for the listeners, I'm sorry, to be readers, um, that they should definitely anyone who's 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 going to be an entrepreneur um, must like that is a criteria. They must read that book because it really changes the way that you think about um, being su- successful in a business. If you're not successful, that that means you failed. Who's the author? Um, uh, don't remember.
0: Okay. Let's look it up. E-Myth? E- the E-Myth? Dash-myth? The yeah. E-Myth. Okay. It's Got like
1: it. one of the most famous business books. It's a very easy read also. Okay. Um, so, and then I guess you would say about 10 years ago, I hired my first employee. Um, and then ever since that, you know, thank God I haven't stopped hiring. Um, where now I think we're at like 26 people. Um, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and Baruch Hashem, we're, we're, we're a growing company. Um, I, I love what I do.
0: Wow. From the beginning, when you started freelancing, you, you had, you already branded yourself as brand, right?
1: No. No. So I was graphish design because my last name was Fishman. So I thought that would be really cute if I'm graphish design, but it wasn't cute. Like looking back, (laughs) that was my name. Um, then I fell on my face in a very big way. I opened up a company called print pros direct, which I decided I was going to make a website that was going to be for printing. People would come to the website and then they would hire me to do the design. And then I would print it for them and then send it to their house. Um, I probably spent about, I don't know, $7,000, which was, that was very tight back then. Um, and probably like hundreds of hours, hundreds of hours. I'm um, preparing this website and getting everything set for this business. And it literally didn't launch on day one. Um, it was my biggest failure to date.
0: us the story? Um,
1: the reason why it didn't launch was because I failed to realize, you know, in my younger days that marketing, you have to have a marketing plan before you begin something. In my marketing plan, I knew what I would do. I would just do pay uh, like Google AdWords, obviously. Right. But I didn't look into it enough and I had no idea that it was going to cost me $9 a click. Now, if it was going to cost me $9 a click, I wasn't going to end up being able to make money and be competitive in pricing. Mm-hmm. So it was just literally, it was just, we took the whole thing down and it was over. I mean, I had three little babies and I was working till two in the morning, most nights. And it was just, you know, I took it as a loss. I'm like, I, I just, I failed and it's okay. We'll just get up and we'll keep moving, and I did I kept moving. I don't even think I cried. I think I was just like, I cannot believe how stupid I just was
0: was there looking back in retrospect, was there a way to do that same business strategy
1: successfully? I don't think so. no, I think it was a very competitive market. no, uh-huh. it was a bad idea. it was okay. a bad idea and i and and when 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 companies come to me, you know and they have an idea i am I am the biggest devil advocate out there, and yeah. there sometimes I think that they wonder you know like they're calling me to. Ask me advice about a project and I'm saying there oh, I think it won't work because of this, and I think it have you thought of this, and have you thought of that because I know I've seen the companies that have failed, and i i I feel like it's important for me to push them in the right direction <laughs> oh so, yeah
0: so they they're 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 wondering i, I mean i'm I'm made to hire her, and she's telling me not to not to do the whole uh <laughs> not to right. go into it right <laughs> to fix it up before coming back. They're wondering, okay, I get it. Um, yeah, no, nowadays I, we're just doing some, some printing projects. Now it's the, the printers are all other are designers you could do it all. You can upload it all. And this was when you were yep. starting 13 years mm-hmm. ago, what, what was yeah. this? I don't know it if was that was so prevalent. About,
1: I would say it was probably about 12 years ago.
0: 12 years ago. Yeah. I don't know if it was so prevalent that you can go to FedEx office and just do it all in one place. Canva. No.
1: Right. No, there was <laughs> no. definitely no Canva.
0: No, Canva's great. Okay. So now, so
1: t- tell us what happens
0: after print pro what was it called
1: it was called print pros direct for all print the one pro's day that yep <laughs> okay.
0: what what was the next step to uh to so get to I,
1: so that's when I, I i hired my first employee pretty much after that i was very nervous because i didn't know if i would have enough work for her mm. um and it scared me to death but what made me realize I, the way that I was able to cross that bridge, and I think that a lot of freelancers can't cross that bridge because they're just too scared. Like, let's say I don't have enough work, right? Was there's the, there's really two ways about going about it. It's not the way I did it. Some people just hire part-time or as needed, but it's very expensive that way. So it's difficult to do. I hired full-time right away um, or pretty much full-time right away. And what, what made me realize I was ready to do it was if a customer, let's say, would, would call me up, right? And they would want a brochure. So I would agree to do the brochure and it cost this amount of money for the brochure. And if they had a logo, then great. I would just put the logo, but let's say that it wasn't really a logo. Let's say it was like some words smushed together that like wasn't really a logo. Right. So if I had the time, I would say to the customer, by the way, we also do logo design. If you want, we can work on that as well. Obviously that's an extra, you know, extra cost, but it's definitely something we can do. I was noticing that since I was so just trying to pump the work out, I was not doing that. I was not selling to people at all. There was no such thing. I was only taking the work in. So when I realized that I was losing out on an opportunity because I didn't have enough time, I realized that I needed an employee. Now it's true that I was able to do probably half the day of my, like I was able to do her entire day in probably half the amount of time. That was for sure true. Um, but it was something that had to be done. Otherwise I would never be able to get to the next step. So then I hired somebody. Then I hired another person. And then we grew. And then, and then it's kind of snowballed since then. Now I'm, you know, more of a business owner. I do sales. I do um, managing, in a certain sense, managing the overall structure of the company, um, company growth within the different departments. That's that's really my my key. Like, you know, as you know, as you see, I'm, you know, I'm sitting on my couch here. Um, in my house, in the middle of the day at twelve o'clock in the afternoon, so I, I come and go as I please. I have um, I have a COO who runs most of the day to day operations, creative manager, project managers, so things um, things run exceptionally well. But because of the work that we've put into it, because of the processes we've put into place, right?
0: Those those let's go back to the first hires. Those were also graphic designers.
1: Yeah, so I only it's- hired graphic designers up until probably about. Meaning graphic designers and web designers. I've only okay. hired actual designers probably till about four, probably till about five, four or five years ago, okay. four, four years ago, um, and that was easy because those people, if they had work, then I was making money, right? Right. right. It got much more complicated when I had to hire project managers, uh, writers, um, developers that ne- weren't necessarily billed out per hour or per project. So, and when I hired the COO, so that creative director, those positions aren't paid for by the client necessarily per project. Right. So that, that was a big step. I would say that I went through about a year of just maintaining the growth of the company as a, in terms of revenue and and profit. Um, So that was a, I would say a tougher year, Um, but I knew it was an investment in the company. Like if someone would have asked me for an investment of X amount of money, I would have said, yeah, it's great. You know, so why shouldn't I've invested it in my own company?
0: Uh, okay, yeah. And you had guidance at this point when you when you're there was a big shift from just hiring designers to to building. Yeah. A, yeah. Did you have guidance? How did you how did you know how to do
1: it? Yeah. So over <laughs> the last three years, I I've worked with an official coach like weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been game changing. I think that what coaching has been able to accomplish for me was it really I I was self limiting. I, I didn't, I guess I didn't, I didn't realize, um, what I could potentially build. Um, it seemed unreachable. It seemed like people don't do that. I for sure can't do that. It's too risky. You know, I'm just this mom, like, you know, I have six kids and I, you know, clean up noodles off the floor floor all afternoon. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to have 25 people working for me. It's just not my thing. Right. So I think that, that. The coaching helped me like look at it and say, like, first of all, why not? Second of all, imagine you know what you'll be able to accomplish if you put your mind to it. Um, but I think that coaching the, the one of the things that coaching has really helped me with is you know, I've had quite a few kids, thank God. And I, I after I had the babies, I would be working like within two, three days after the babies. Um and I didn't know, I didn't think it was possible to do it any other way. Um but before I had my last baby, my baby's about 1 and a little bit, he's adorable. I'm um, I promised myself Oh, I let me, let me go back 2 babies ago, okay? Okay. 2 babies ago my baby's let's say or she's this one's around 4 years old. Mm-hmm. And I decided I'm taking off. It's going to be amazing. I take off 2 weeks. Can you imagine? Wow. 2 weeks. I'm going to yeah, I was going to give that present to myself. I deserved it. I earned it. Anyway, I'm pregnant and I have Two women walk into my office on the same day, one in the morning and one in the afternoon to both tell me that um, they're pregnant and they're having a baby the same week of each other. And it was supposed to be like a month before me. And I smiled and I told them I'm so happy for them. That's great news. And then I went to my house and I cried my eyes out. I was like, I felt so pained, like you cannot even imagine. There was no way. Like I wasn't getting a maternity leave. Mm -hmm. It was very painful for me. Um, obviously we have to realize that back four years ago, I had like six people in the company, not 25. So when you have half your staff out, I was working like you cannot even imagine how much I was working. So that was a very big challenge. So by the next child, I said, I said, I'm going to do whatever in the world it takes. I, you know, I'm going to enjoy my baby. I'm going to recover properly. Um, and I took off three weeks. Mm. Um, but it took it standard took
0: maternity weeks. is what is what six weeks, it's nine eight weeks?
1: weeks, eight weeks. yeah, Eight weeks. Okay. Um. But you know what? It was, it was perfect for me. Like I, I'm not that the type good. of person who can sit do nothing for eight weeks. So it was perfect, but it took me a good eight solid months to prepare for when I was going out. Mm-hmm. Like I was working with my business coach and he looked at my, we were looking at my numbers together. And he said, what, what happened here? I said, Oh, I was sick. And he's like, are you kidding me? You can't be like, you can't have the whole sales of the company on, on you. What happens if you're sick for a month? And I'm like, Oh, he's right. I guess, you know, So then I had to welcome other people in my team onto my sales department. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things that I had to set up and now I'm reaping the benefits from it. You know, I'm not out on maternity leave, but I, I could take off a week if I wanted to, I don't, I don't want to, but if I want to, I could, you know, and my team is very supportive
0: do you want to do you want to give a shout out to your coach or would you rather keep that uh
1: so identity? i have worked yeah. work. I've worked with a few coaches okay so I'll, okay. I'll give you the rundown of who who whom I've worked with um first shout out to my brother in law who's always been a big support to me his name is um Schmul Schnitzer from Baltimore um he does not do coaching for people okay um, he does coaching for me um then I worked with, um, he's the one who helped keep me afloat for quite a few years, you know, like 10 years. Um, then I started working with Isaac Bardos. He was the one who was helping me really figure out how to be replaceable, um, how to have a growth mindset and set up processes in the company. Um, and we we worked together fantastically. Um, I then worked with Jakob Steinberg, who is a sales coach. And he really taught me how to ace the sale. Like I Mm -hmm. used to, I used to do sales for my company and I just, I did it the way I knew how to do it. You know, whatever I saw worked, I did, but I didn't really understand the strategy behind closing a deal. I didn't know the right things to say, but it it was working, so it was fine. But imagine how much better it could work if I worked with someone who was really specialized in this. So Mm -hmm. he taught me how to really, you know, line up my leads, close deals. And currently, and I've been working with him for about almost two years, I think. I'm working with David Wanunu, who has really helped me um, grow my company to really like a totally another level. Um, He's helped me figure out how to implement recurring revenue into my company, which has taken it totally to a complete different place in terms of the security of the company itself and the growth of it. So. Beautiful. Yes.
0: All of these names I see, I see on LinkedIn yeah. and let's, let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn because of course that's how we know each other. And uh, let's, let's talk about it. I know that you're active. Your posts are, are, are very well-liked um, and, and I find them, I find them interesting and, and yeah, educational. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's why they work. Okay. So I'll just yeah. give you a little bit of a, a background behind this. Bell, I'm tempted to say about six years ago or so, um, my husband, um, my husband had left um, full time learning, probably I'm trying to think when that was, probably about ten years ago, nine, ten years ago. So let me tell you the story, okay? So um, my husband was sitting in learning for quite a number of years after we got married, and then he um, left full time learning and went to school for accounting. He got his degree, and then he got like his first job. Um, at that point we, you know, we were very much relying on, on his salary as, you know, part of the salary for the family. And he was at, I would say his second job or yeah, he was at his second job. And he tells me that he thinks maybe he should open up his own business. And I was like, like, I'm a big fan, you know, of working for yourself, but my heart kind of sank. I'm like, okay, his whole salary is going to be going down the toilet. Now what? But I supported him like I would have, like I would have wanted to be supported. Like he was starting his career so much later than I did. Mm -hmm. And just because we needed his salary so much, I felt like he still should be given a chance at pursuing what his dream was. So he decided he was going to open up a QuickBooks consulting company. Um, So I knew I had to figure something out because, or we had to figure something out at that time, there were people starting to talk a little bit about LinkedIn, it was starting to really, you know, become popular, like the actually posting part of LinkedIn. And before that obviously existed as just more like a database. And I decided like, this is going to be my form of the form of effort that I was going to put in um, to hopefully grow my company, because at that point, I didn't really know anything about growing it, it was just, it was kind of growing naturally over the years, it wasn't I wasn't doing any proactive growing. And the problem was um, a bunch of years ago was that, um, thank God, my family was growing faster. My family and my family expenses was growing faster than my business was growing. So I had to do something to give it a kick in the pants. So I decided I'm going to take on LinkedIn. Now, when I do something, I don't know how to do it halfway. It's just not part of my blood. If you met me, my mother, you would understand. It's not like I, I I don't know the concept of that. So um, I started on LinkedIn. I spent literally at least three hours a day on the platform. I did and tried everything that I could um, in order to gain a track, like, you know, um, people, followers, and people to be interested in what I was doing. Um, And people were very interested to hear what my journey was. Like they really, I saw that people really followed uh, me through my posts, through my journey. And it's like almost like as if they're like, they're part of the family. They're like the cousins who are cheering me on. You know, I don't do it personally for myself because it feels good to get likes. Like It's totally not my intention. My intention is just to be known. I want you to know this is what I do. I have, I think, over 32,000 followers at this point, um, and most of my work comes from LinkedIn. Um, whether someone messages me or emails me straight from there, but a a lot of my company growth, I, I would say has come from there. Um, it's taken me from this young Jewish mother who is, you know, sitting in her office and no one really knew about her to, you know, kind of putting me out there in front of thousands and thousands of people who now know my name. Um, So that that's been really transforming. I mean, I would find as, as a very Orthodox Jewish woman, um, I would go to, let's say networking events. And they were, let's say there were a hundred people in the room, 94 of them were men because that's how mostly business owners are men. That's okay. I have no issue with that. So I would hang out with the six ladies on the side or five other ladies on the side, but after a while, you know, those ladies. So, you know, from (laughs) a modesty perspective, I'm not going in the middle of the whole group of men and, and being, you know, one one woman in the middle of all that. Just for for me, that that wasn't, you know, where I was up to, and it's not something I was comfortable doing. In addition, I don't generally, um, I don't speak publicly. Um, you know, I try to keep a more modest profile, which you'll never see videos of me on LinkedIn as well. Not that I think that it's a wrong thing. Um, people who do it, I, you know, that that's great. For me, it's a personal, it's a personal thing um, for my personal modesty and where I'm up to that. Um, but, but it really it acted as I believe like a hindrance in me getting out there. So this was a perfect way for me to be able to get in front of my audience in the most modest way that I knew how, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of my, my LinkedIn story. People like my LinkedIn stuff because, um, I think I say things how it is. Um, and they're not, I guess, there are not so many business women out there. So I guess I stand out in, you know, from the crowd in that sense.
0: Right. We're trying to find all the, all, all of them and get them on this podcast. <laughs>
1: I could give Sorry. you a list. Yeah. There's thank a handful you. of us, you know, crazy yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and now it's, I, I'm going to mention in the intro that, but this is going to be our first podcast that we're putting out, which is only audio. And that's because of these, this sensitivity that you're that you're saying now this this modesty. Now, I think I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was. I think I remember you once did a LinkedIn post with an avatar. Was that you?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I tried that for a little bit. Because even though I'm saying that I I don't want to put out videos of myself, I feel like, you know, like I was saying, I, you know, I, I felt like I was a little bit missing out on the game when videos were very, very prominent. But it was short lived. It's not like you could do totally fine without putting out videos of yourself on LinkedIn. But there was, there was a time that the video was so prevalent that you could almost feel like the algorithm was killing you because you weren't doing it. So I tried to come up with different ideas of how to do video. I first did like, like a, like a little cartoon there. Then I did like a little person. I, I, I did one or two of it, but the amount of effort that I had to put in, it, it just wasn't worth it. I'm like, you know what? I'm just doing me and this is what I do.
0: Ah, it's, I have no idea the process. It sounds, it sounds fun. And I guess, I guess it's not something you can just set up and have. No, it was taking me
1: an hour. I don't have Uh an extra hour in my day. And it doesn't matter that much. Like if it would have gotten a thousand likes, then I would have been like, okay, this may be the vehicle that I need to use to get more, you know, publicity, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, no, I'm not doing that anymore.
0: What's the process, the typical process? You said most of your business is coming from LinkedIn. So you're posting and people People comment or they don't comment. They, are they reaching out to you on private messages and saying, you know, I, I like to, I have a. I have a business idea and I need branding. Is that is that exactly, how it works?
1: Exactly how it works. Because you know why? Someone's following me for five years, right? They know what I'm all about. They know that I'm, you know, no business, um, no monkey business type of lady. At the same time, they know that I'm honest and trustworthy. And I've done a lot of good work in my company. They also know that the people who work for me are like the best employees out there. Okay, I have to tell you about them after. Um, But I have a phenomenal team and everyone sees it. Um, So they'll be following me for years, never have said boo to me. But when they finally have a project, they're like, Ah, I can finally call her. Right. And then they'll 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 ask me, you know, can we work together? This is the project that I have in mind. And I'll kind of go from there. But, yeah, it's always in the messaging. Got it.
0: And the post, is there a strategy to the post? Is it like a, it's a work log? Are you telling your story about how you got started? What, what are you doing in the post mostly? I mean, I know what you're doing, but.
1: Yeah. So, so what I usually do is I, I, I like to talk about business like oriented things. So I, I take pieces of things that happen in my everyday life that like I notice that are interesting. It has mm-hmm. to be interesting and engaging and just a little bit funny sometimes. Um, so like I'll do posts of, you know, incidents that happen, you know, the time when, let's say, you know, someone sends a, you know, a gift to our office, but they don't write the name of who it is. So it's a mystery of who who sent it, right? Like interesting, engaging stories, because these stories happen every single day, right? Like I, this is like a typical story with, I heard the girls from the design, um, design department in their office. And I heard them talking about drinking coffee with a straw. I always drink coffee with a straw. You, I can't not drink coffee with a straw. If I don't have a straw, I won't drink the coffee. So I hear them talking about it. I go into the office to, you know, kind of join in the conversation. And I see a girl sitting there with four straws in her coffee. And I said to her, so-and-so, you're going to come to me for a raise. And I'm going to have to say no.
0: She didn't so bring like, her straws from home, you're saying. So these are company straws?
1: Using four straws? Now, let, let me tell you, this woman is very worthwhile for the straw, four straws. She can use 100 straws every day. She yeah. is 100% worth her keep. But it was just, you know, like a, a like funny little situations that happen. You have to train your brain to think of what those stories are. But they're right. everywhere. They're mm-hmm. everywhere, right? And then you ask, you know, do you drink your your coffees with a straw? Or you don't. Like I, I don't need to end off with a question because I have enough engagement. So I don't need to beg people for engagement. But that's classic. Got it.
0: Very yeah. good. Okay, now you want you mentioned employees. You got to tell us how great your employees are, and everybody yeah. knows this. Yeah, let's let's hear it. Yeah. I don't know it, so, so really tell me. Lucky.
1: I'm really really lucky because when I'm very selective in who I take in my office, um, they have to fit a certain kind of a mold, and that mold is um, kindness, sensitivity to others, um, and willingness to work as a team those I would say are, are the, de- and de- like dependability. I have to be able to de- like, that's, that's obvious. You know, that, that's not like an extra. I have to be able to depend on them. They have to get their work done and they have to be good at it, obviously. But the most important are the type of people who I hire. Now these people, like there's no, there's, there's no such thing as there ever being an argument in the office. There's no such thing as ever being conflict in the office. There's just, it doesn't exist because because each person is trying to figure out the whole day how they can be kinder to the next person it's it's it ha- happens to be a hire mostly woman um now i'm not saying that men are not like this i 'm just saying it happens to be it's a mostly woman office, and we have just very um sweet um well i don't want to say well behaved it sounds like they're my children, but just <laughs> um, just really kind. really stellar yeah stellar mm-hmm. kind people i mean just to give an example i was um, we were at the end of last month. Um, and my husband and I were going to go away for two days. And I was telling my um, COO and um, and um, creative director, I was telling them, don't worry, I'm taking my laptop because I'm for sure going to work while I'm gone. And they both said, what can we do that you should not have to work? And I was like speechless. Then I told them, well, we didn't. And they're part of the sales team. And they said, and I said, well, I'll be honest with you. We didn't hit our monthly goal of sales yet. Um, and that's fine. It's part of my job. Like if I go away, it's not a problem. I'm happy to work a little bit. And they must have spoke to each other afterwards and said like, we're going to do this. We're going to bring in these sales. And they killed it. The day that I, the day before I went away, they said, you're free. We're done. We did it. So like, it's the type of people that like, they don't have a reason to have to care that I sit there and do nothing while they work hard. But it was, but they know I, I work very hard and, you know, it would be nice if I could take a break once in a while for my business. Um, so I would say that's like, that's a really, and, and any single person from my office would have done that. That's the type of people who wow. work here.
0: Are these mostly women from your, from the Lakewood community that's yes. uh, from your local community? Yeah, okay. yeah so there's also yeah a community sense uh you know sense of people people of similar backgrounds mostly and
1: uh similar priorities yeah a lot of people know a lot of other people exactly nobody's like yeah everyone's pretty much like you know fits the same mold but at the same time if i would if i would interview someone and they came from a different type of background like actually we do have that i'm sorry we have one person who um she's not jewish at all Mm -hmm. um and like and and she loves the work environment, something she's never seen before in her life. She's she's totally not Jewish, and like Hanukkah came and she like bought Hanukkah cookies for everybody. She was like so excited and she was thanking everyone for you know um, for being part of such an incredible team, a kind team. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, very good. Now what is what is the reason why somebody would go to? I don't know what the competition's like, but why right. would somebody right. come to your company? Um, what, what are you offering what's, let's say, let's, what's the process. You you told us how you would get a a potential lead. Um, they come, they say, I, I want to, uh, I want to sell cookies. i want to do mail order cookies. Let's, let's talk. They come with an idea. You, you give them, you feed them the ideas. Like how do you work together?
1: Well, so usually someone will come to us with a business idea. Um, and then we'll tell them, well, this is what you need in order to market it properly. You need a website, you need branding done. And this is what comes within the branding. We have three different choices of branding packages. This mm-hmm. is when we advise, but it's up to you which one you want to go with. What is your, you know, uh, price point. This is what we charge. Um, we figure out what they, you know, what they're looking for. We then send a proposal, which is all automated. Um, we just have to put in a few different things, their name, their company name, email address, and quote number. And it all generates like instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, They then get a proposal, they sign the proposal, we take a deposit, we begin the project. The reason why people really like working with us is because a lot of times when somebody, let's say, has a company, they don't want to be super busy with the teeny little details of making the project perfect. So if someone owns, let's say, a healthcare company, they shouldn't have to be sitting there telling me the type of blue to use on the brochure and what size font it should be. Right. Right. Now, unfortunately, in the creative process, sometimes people feel like they have to do that. And with some designers, they might have to do that. But with these designers, you don't need to do that. Um, what we do is we like when, when we take on a website project, we have an intake meeting, which really defines um, who the company is, what they do, how they do it, why they do it, and who they do it for, how we're targeting those people. There are a lot of different questions that we ask in order to understand the marketing approach for the customer. Um, and then we go ahead and we will start to work on the website. It takes five weeks where they don't see anything for five weeks, but then I hand them a finished product, which is very unusual. No one else does it this way. The reason that we do it this way is because the only person who has something to lose is me. Okay. Or my employee who might have to do it again. Okay. But, but I'm taking the gamble on it because I want you to see the finished product So You don't have to sit there And take pieces together and say, well, I don't know. If you see the finished piece and it's absolutely magnificent and gorgeous, I am very confident you will like it. And I would say 19 out of 20 times they like it and they have some small adjustments to make. Mm -hmm. So that's the process that we use and people find it just very refreshing. We say that it's going to take you two hours over a six, seven week period. um, And that's it. And we'll just take care of it. We're going to take it off your head. So that's why people like using us. Now, we do allow their changes. I'll allow them to give me as many hours of changes as they want. But I first want them to see the product, let them see the best version of it so that they can then give me feedback after that.
0: Okay. Now, let's say they like the design or they don't like the design. But let's say, let's let's go with the liking the design. And then is there any interaction afterwards? Like, what point in time will a company that has their branding package need to come back to you for, let's say, you were talking about setting? Isaac Barter set, set you up with uh, residual or whatever you call recurring recurring income. Is there is is there a relationship that continues when somebody comes to to you for branding?
1: Right. So I don't remember which of the coaches set up that. that oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's the truth. Um, I'm working on it now. Isaac was definitely you know, influential on in that, um, but I think I mostly worked on that with David. Um, but that 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 came like much after, like much much later. Um, that's like the the recurring revenue I have in place is that we secure and monitor all sites that we build, mm-hmm. and there 's a monthly fee for that
0: oh, I see
1: so but it 's not just securing it it's like it's cleaning them monthly to make sure that websites don't get malware unfortunately in today's day and age it's it's common and what can happen is that when a website gets malware, you might not even know um and then if Google or various other companies scan your website like you know for their purposes and see that it's been infected, what they do is they flag it as a malicious website. Mm -hmm. And what happens next is that your emails that are ending in the same domain name will stop working. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So we've had it multiple times that companies, not necessarily that we built, companies call us and say, something's wrong with our website, now it's down and our emails aren't working, we don't know what's going, that's what happened. And unfortunately it can take a significant amount of time in order to not just clean the website, that's not even the hardest part. But getting Google and the other vendors to rescan the website after it's been clean, you're really at their mercy. So you can have your emails down for a week or two, and it's that that can totally destroy a company. It can destroy a company's month. So that's a, a new service that we've been providing, not just for our customers, but for other customers as well.
0: Okay. Sounds very important. And yeah. what what after the five weeks of the initial five or seven weeks initial branding, are you showing them the all, all of the all of the assets that they can keep for themselves and also the the web design, but not not a functioning website right because it has to be programmed and
1: right? no, so it's so so let me explain so thank yeah. you so if if a customer hires us for branding and web design, then after about two weeks they should have a big portion of their branding in hand and then three and four weeks the rest of the pieces that's being done while we're creating the website and yes, they actually get the fully functional website wow. completed, wow, yeah. So we, we we go straight to code. We don't send over like mock-ups. We don't uh-huh. do that. So it's straight to code. After five weeks, they're entitled to two rounds of changes. So a round of changes can take one week. It could take three weeks. It depends how many things they want us to change. But usually we say it takes about two weeks from there, from then to finish up all the loose ends. For example, we have to migrate it to the right domain name, right? To the right server and connect the domain name. We have to make it responsive, which means it has to be perfect on every screen size. We have to make sure settings are set up properly. The forms work. There are a lot of little things that like most people don't even understand, like probably a list of 15 things that we have to do so that Mm -hmm. it's perfectly ready to go on, on the web um, that you, that you wouldn't see.
0: Okay. So that means that at some point in time, you started hiring programmers.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: So on your staff in the, in the office, you have designers and you have programmers and everybody's working together and their own.
1: Pretty much. I have about six of the web developers who do not work in the office. Um, They work remotely, but otherwise pretty much everyone's in the office. Okay.
0: Okay. Tell us about the unicycle.
1: So it's a good question. I actually get that (laughs) on every podcast as the last question. Oh, okay. So so, um, basically about, I would say six years ago or so, so maybe, yeah, six years ago or so, um, my son at the time was around like seven. Something like that. Yeah, he yep. was around seven. Very short kid. Um, he has short jeans. And he was like, you know, not feeling so confident about himself. And we thought that it would be a great idea for him to feel cool. So we thought that it was a great thing for him to learn. So um, like I said before, in our family, when you do something, you do it all the way. That's what we believe. Um, so I told him, do you want to learn the unicycle? If you want to learn it, you know, we'll buy you a unicycle. It's expensive. It's $100. So mm-hmm. I told him. If we buy it for you, though, then it's not an option for you not to ride it. It's going to be very difficult to ride it, but I think you could do it and we're going to buy it for you. So he was all excited about it. But at the same time, we bought it and it was like near impossible to ride. Like literally it was impossible.
0: Because it was um, low quality or because, it's, you know, cycles are just universally very difficult. Difficult. Very difficult. It's not
1: just about balance. It's very, very difficult. Um, and but once I gave him the whole speech about not giving up, you know, what was I supposed to do then? So I had to learn how to ride it because who was going to teach him. So I spent probably about uh, for sure three weeks learning how to ride it. I mostly did it after the kids were sleeping in my kitchen around my island. And I took it very seriously. I was like, I'm going to learn this. Um, And I, I learned how to ride and I was able to teach him. Um, I've never rode out of the house before. Again, it doesn't really follow along with the modesty scheme much. If I wanted to, I probably could, but I, I you know, don't really want to unicycle down the street at weddings. Um,
0: no, at weddings for I've never, friends' daughters. Never
1: rode out of my, my house. <laughs> really? Um, nope. <laughs> totally it's just not my style at all. Um, but and I haven't rode in years actually. Ever since he became he became a pro at it, and he's like the oh. most confident kid around. Just see him; he's the cutest kid. Um, he's not much taller, but we're, we're working on that as well. But, um, he's, he's, you know, he's really, thank God, he's a very confident boy. And I think that that was, you know, all the kids in the neighborhood were watching him like, whoa, he's the first kid in the neighborhood who ever did something like that. Um, so, but I, I put it on my LinkedIn, um, profile because I felt like it, it, it drew attention to something very different. And when people ask, people ask me about the story, you know, there's gotta be a story behind that. And when they ask me, it gives me a door to open up and tell them what I do and who I am. So it's, you know, like what you're asking, right? There's yeah. got to be okay. something interesting. So it that's, definitely that definitely caught my
0: attention when I, you know, when I first noticed it. And the yeah, best, you're like, what, what is the up
1: with this lady? What yeah. is up with her? But
0: right. your son, your son, he, he must be unicycling at, at weddings, no?
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay. Totally.
0: Of, course. of course. Okay. He
1: is, <laughs> he, yeah. he can like, you know, eat food on there and do, yes. Yes.
0: I do another another unicyclist i haven't although I've, I've seen him perform at many weddings and i haven't seen it lately he has other he has other funny things to do maybe yeah. I should get, get them in touch maybe they can yeah. trade 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 secrets
1: i think that really like next thing would be him like let's say like juggling or something on yeah. it uh-huh. but i think he should first learn how to juggle first not on it which he's not interested right. in doing so When he's ready.
0: (laughs) Okay. Very good. Okay. Thank you so much, Chaya. Thank you for your time. And uh, I I have one more question. I I, I ask this sometimes, not all the time, but um, as you know, our our audience is podcast fellowship students all around the world, students coming from different Jewish backgrounds, not necessarily having a a background in Jewish education. If you could, you are speaking to this audience. What would you say is the most important message as somebody who's living the life? um, What would you like to give over?
1: So, I would say that I would say that you can do close to anything. I would say that you should not feel limited um, you have to really understand what your dream is and why you want it. Um, the way that I see my business is that my business is my dream because it helps support my family, and my family is really my 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 pride and joy, but that doesn't mean that I don't love what I do. I love what I do when I come into the office in the morning. I I like, it's the funnest thing for me. And honestly, sometimes after a long morning with the kids, it's like a breath of fresh air. Um, I have never let um, anything stand in my way. There's a way to do everything as a Jewish woman. It's just a matter of figuring out how to do it. Like, you know, you would think I wouldn't be invited on any podcast because I, you know, decided I don't want to have videos of myself on the internet um, but I'm being invited anyways. Um, you would think that I can't get in front of the amount of business owners that I need to in order to run a successful company. Um, because I don't get up and do speaking engagements, but I do. So I, I think that it's just a matter of focusing on what your goal is and then figuring out how to get there. And I would say that there's no wrong answer on how to do it. It's personal to everybody. And, you know, like I speak to my rabbi about what's appropriate for me. There's obviously different things appropriate for different people, depending on what stage in life they're up to and what, you know, h- how they're, you know, focusing in on on re- religion at that time. And again, it's not a wrong or right. It's what's what's good for that person at that time, you know, with help from their rabbi or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I think that living a very torah Um, Jewish Orthodox lifestyle for me has not prevented me from being able to build um, a company that's been, you know, just perfect for our family.
0: Okay. Beautiful message. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. You should have a great day today. Have a great time at work. Enjoy your family.
1: You got (laughs) it. I really appreciate it. Same to you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye.
0: You've just listened to another great episode of Our Tribe, the podcast, brought to you by the Podcast Fellowship and hosted by Rabbi Tovia Kopstein. Tune in each week every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time to hear more great episodes of Our Tribe, the podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions, email us at podcastfellowship.org And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to help the tribe thrive.